right, we're starting a new series, which for me as the pastor, I, I love series, I love talking in series, I love talking in topic, but last week or last month was a five-weeker, and I was ready to be out of it. <laughs> you guys don't know that, but like we put so much time, I put, you know, you're studying, you're always looking at it, you're always, and I loved that series, it was actually one of our favorite, but very happy to turn the page and be in a new series. So we're in this fun series. I know we're going to have so much fun with it this month. It's called Birds of a Feather, and it's a series that we've had done for quite a long time. And, uh, and so uh, the content for me is something that like just always been putting away and putting away. And so it's going to be fun to look into it the, the next few weeks. But the idea is this, the old saying that says, birds of a feather flock together, you know, just find a way of, of grouping to one another. And so we'll talk a little bit about what that means and what that means in church. But the idea of birds of a feather flock together, um, it's interesting, your friendship circles or maybe even your family circles or uh, just how we operate sort of in pockets or tribes, um, you just have this way of flocking together and having things in common. And so you hang out with a certain group that you do this with, and even sometimes fashion matches or sometimes this, or if you're hanging out with family, you know, the way that a certain family camps, they sort of do the same things and they, you know, have all these, and that's good. That's a good thing. That's, you know, it's just, I think God knew that we would be a people that sort of flock together and, and, and value values and share things and pass things on because there's power in that. There's power in, in, in passing things on. And so birds of a feather flock together. And so it's, a, it's an okay thing that certain hobby people sort of have their tribe of hobbies and all this different kind of stuff. And as long as we're not discriminating and, and you know, making it a thing, that's a positive thing that you can kind of flock together. And, and our goal here as a church is that you know, we make this a place that people can flock together, you know, despite their backgrounds and differences, they come through the doors and, and they can connect and feel in a way that we're flocking together, we're in this together. And so I wanted to look at this idea that God knew that there would be power in flocking together. Like God knew that there would be power in how we sort of operate as a tribe. And, and I'm not trying to make that sound like a, like a really weird past the snake Pentecostal kind of like we're a tribe. Now let's all move in together, you know, like I'm not talking about that at all, but the power of like the church family and being together. And so birds of a feather flock together. And so just the, the connection of the power of, of, of our tribe and, and being there for one another, or of course we call it the body of Christ, you know, being, being there for each other. And so um, God knew there was power in that. But the problem is a lot of times that God calls something good. He created and he said, you know, this is good and this is good. A lot of times when God calls something good, the enemy then knows, hey, that's good, and that has power in it, and if they connect with that in the proper way, then they're going to see great things in their life, so I need to find a way to destroy that. The enemy comes in and tries to mess with or mess up something that God ordained is good, and so we say birds of a feather flock together, that's a positive thing in the body of Christ, we're in unity, but then what happens is the enemy says, okay, so there's power and it's hard to break unity and it's hard to break, you know, them flocking together, there's strength in that. So what if I could get a bunch of negative people together? What if I could get a bunch of a bitter people? What if I could get a bunch of hurt people together? What if I could get a bunch of people that, you know, are jaded from life and I can get this pocket over here and get them operating all together? And so he twists the power of unity and, and he uses it for, for his own reasons. Like, right? Somebody would agree, amen? And so we see that a lot of times. How many of you have ever seen, like, man, that group over there, I got to stop hanging. They're just so negative. Because how? Like those birds of a feather, those negative, they found each other. 
right? And, and we see that all the time in life. And, and again, it can be positive. You can go, man, I really like that group. They're super positive over there. You know, they're just full of love. And so that's a positive side of it. But you can also find the other side of it where the enemy has gone in and there's just been this form of people who, man, they just don't get it. They, they don't have grace or they're not walking in compassion. You know, they've let the enemy put a foothold in their life that's caused them. And so we got to look at it be, just because, you know, God has said, hey, it's good. This is a good thing. The enemy, you got to be aware tries to throw it off. And so that's what we're going to look at over the next few weeks is this power of birds of a feather and being together and being in unity. And um, the enemy will use people. God uses people to accomplish his will. We all know that. He created Adam and Eve and he set us here on this earth. And God uses people to accomplish his will. But the problem is, like I just shared, the enemy uses people to accomplish his will. And so we always have to guard our hearts and watch. And so um, I thought about this. Uh, I, the little story for you, um, the hard part about this is being the birds of a feather and, and being in a tribe or whatever. And, and all of you will relate to this in just a second when I lay it out, but it's important for us to sort of be about the same thing in the church. Uh, not just this church, but the church of America. It's important for us to kind of get it and to be streamlining and encouraging one another because the problem is everybody gets painted with the same brush. So if this crazy little circle over here is saying this in the name of God, then we've all seen it. Then, you know, culture just goes, oh, all you Christians, right? And so it's just really important for us to be working on what does it look like to be a unified body of Christ? I love, we don't have a church sign, <laughs> but I love that our community is covering up their church signs. And we're saying, hey, one Lord, one church. And, and they're making about like, hey, how can we flock together? How can we stand in unity? Because there's power in that. And so um, we can't be just this brushstroke of, like, ah, this. And I want to just say this, and it's a little bit to do with our birds of feather, but we need to be extremely careful in our culture, especially with social media. And you guys are going to get the undertone of what I'm talking about. When we post stuff and we have an opinion on something, first of all, everything needs to be done in grace with the consideration of everybody else involved. Somebody say amen. Just because you want to make a point and you have a platform to do it, doesn't mean that that's going to bring health to the situation, right? Jesus didn't come to be right. He came to make a way for people to get out of where they were. He didn't come saying, I, I, he came and led them in the, he was a bridge to where they needed to be. And he led the way. So whenever you're taking a strong stance about, well, I'm going to set people right on this. If it's just to be right, I would caution you somebody say amen. If there's not a bridge attached to that where you can help somebody, then I think you're not doing yourself a justice, a very good service. Amen. I, uh, I got in a political argument about four years ago when the, you know, president was running and whatever. And I had this guy who's very serious about politics and, uh, and I'm not going to get into politics or whatever, but very serious about politics. And he had this strong stance and he was questioning me as a pastor, like, how can you believe this about that guy? And how could you say that would be okay? And da, 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 da. And, and so we got into this whole thing and he got all upset and went off and started pouting and, uh, <laughs> cause they do that. And, um, and anyway, <laughs> And what hurt me the most, I guess, about the situation is that guy was that strong in his belief that he was so angry at me. When? Once every four years. Like on a daily basis, if you're that passionate about the values, what are you doing about it on a daily basis? 
don't get in my face about it with your commentary if you're not willing to get in my face about it with like your dirty boots where you've been working about it, right? Somebody say amen. Okay, that's a good spot. So, so here's the thing. Too much Christians have been like, hey, I'm just going to add commentary to this instead of putting hours on the clock trying to make it a better way in a daily living, amen? And so for us, <laughs> in birds of a feather, uh, we need to be, a, like, I feel like Christians are starting to become, you know, the scripture calls us, we'll mount up with wings as eagles and describes all these great birds. If we keep it at the rate that we're going, like, we'll be the dodo bird, <laughs> right? Yeah. Extinct, can't fly, just this pudgy little thing that's always squawking, like, with an opinion. Come on. Like, we, so we need to just go, like, hey, let's take our place in grace and love and compassion and, and be about helping people on a daily basis instead of just trying to be right in our commentary all the time. Let's be, let's be right on a daily basis. That's why I love this church. You guys get involved in Kids Hope and all these things that we put a sign up out for. You guys put on the boots and we go to work. So uh, let's, let's be about that, amen? Because otherwise, birds of a feather, we're going to get brushed in this category of all these others saying this crazy and that crazy, we need to consider, amen? So God said this. He created everything. He said, water good, trees good, sky, everything's good. All this stuff is good. And then he said, oh, there's Adam and he's alone. And it's the first time in scripture that God said, oh, man being alone is not a good thing. He has no birds to flock with. He's got nobody. It's not a good thing. So he created, of course, Eve and then mankind. And so the first thing in scripture we see is that it's not good to be alone. God seriously was intentional about relationships. He created relationships. He created us being together. It's in God's nature to desire relationships. So in your life, when you desire being with birds of a feather and connecting with others, that's, that's a God nature. Literally, there was God, and he created earth, and he said, I want friends, right? Could we say that? Would it be fair to say that? And he said, so he created mankind. He, he has a desire to be in relationship or to be connecting, and so it's important for us to be connecting and to be in relationships. Relationships are such a valuable part of how we live you have to go back to the thing and say to yourself, like, it's important that I have relationships. It's important that I have different pockets of people in my life. Why? Because God created that. Like, you got to wrap your mind around that. Like, God said, it's important that we have relationships in our life. So if God calls it important for us to have relationships in our life, then it's important for us to know how they operate. Amen? And so that's what we're going to look at here, Ecclesiastes 4.9. It says, to, Ecclesiastes 4.9, it says, two are better than one. If one falls down, his friends can pick him up. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so obviously it's just reiterating like, hey, it's important for us to have people in our life that we connect with and that we have standing with us and that we have helping us. Um, I thought about this. We live in such an I generation. Remember I said the enemy always twists what God you know, calls great? And so he's saying, hey, it's good that you have people with you. It's not good. And then over here, the enemy has sort of crept in and he's made everything. And you've heard me say this a lot. Very eye-driven. I have my iPad, my iPod. I have my custom playlist, this custom thing, my sort of sleeper with my own custom bed settings to sleep or whatever. And we just, we're always hearing like your own, your own, individual, individual. You can do your own thing. So the enemy is like, you know, just real subtly, even through the way that we live and operate on a daily basis, said, no, make it about you, make it about you. And that's far away from what the scripture has called us to live because he's saying in this scripture, 
it's better that you have someone with you. That way you're not overpowered. You can defend yourself. And then that, that cord of relationships is not easily broken. Amen. Amen. Is that good? (laughs) Here's the deal. If you were to peel back your life, this isn't in my thing, but honestly, if you were to peel back your life and you're all the stresses and all the frustrations, much of it is relational. Like, yeah, we say like, oh, I wish I had more money or wish I had this or whatever. But even that, the reason we want more money is so that we can be in that kind of house to attract those kind of people to keep up with this kind of social lifestyle, da, 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 right? So I, I know it's kind of redundant for me to say, hey, like have good relationships. But even Paul, they started a lot of their scripture, their teachings with, hey, guys, I know it's good. I know you've heard this before, but it's good that I remind you of things. So it's good for us as a church to be reminded of the value of relationships and why it's important. Why? Because if you peeled back that calendar, you would see so much of the stresses and things that you've let the enemy rob your joy comes from interactions with coworkers or family or whatever. Certainly not our husbands or wives or kids or anything, but definitely other. So we got to learn how to work relationally. Say, thanks, Pastor Josh. We're going to do it. (laughs) Okay. All right. So it'd make my job a lot easier if some people would get along a little bit better. I left it there so that you knew I was serious. <laughs> it's like, I'm being serious. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Two things. This is super simple. Here's what controls a lot of our relationships. In our, here's how we make decisions in our life. They come from our thoughts. We have an idea. Hey, I have an idea. I'm going to act on this because I have this idea or whatever. A lot of our thoughts come from what? People we relate to are our relationships. Even what we see on TV, you have, an, you have a relationship, whether you would agree or not, you have some type of relationship with the things that you see on TV. Uh, if we were to take away some of your channels, you would be like, oh my gosh, I don't know how. And I'm one of those, right? Like, I like, ah. And, uh, and so uh, you have a relationship. You're always getting your thoughts and your patterns and stuff are coming from these different kinds of relationships. And so it's really relationships or friendships. And so if how your thought patterns are being formed through relationships, don't you think it's really important for you to consider the relationships that you're walking in? A lot of times we just go, yeah, that's available and that's available. And so I'll let that be a part of my life, literally just based on scheduling or availability. And then you sit down and you go, man, I've let these kind of people in my life based on what? Just availability? We really need to be conscious and considerate of the influences that we let speak into our life. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, do not, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? So here's what I want to clear up in a second too. It's saying it like this. It doesn't mean, oh, run from all sinners. That's not what it's saying at all. What it's saying is this, it doesn't make sense if you say, hey, I want the righteousness of God, I want to go after the things of God, I want kingdom principles in my life, but I'm going to continue to hang out with the people that don't value those things. It's like saying, hey, I am going to, uh, I'm going to enter some long swim. I don't even know what that would be, some long swim, whatever they would call it. I'm going to be this huge long distance swimmer, and the only way that I'm going to train for that is to ride bikes. It would make no sense, right? And that's what it's saying. Like, hey, what fellowship can light and darkness have? Like, they aren't the same path. You can't be like, oh, I want to be a great swimmer and I'm going to train on a bike. Yes, it would get you in better shape, but it doesn't help you in the water and in the thing. It's the same thing in our life. Like, hey, why are you spending so much time letting the influence of the thought patterns of this world and the thought patterns of our culture and our media, why are you letting so much of that be your influence or your input? It makes no sense. Those things aren't in common. Somebody say amen. Do you get that? 
So here's a picture of a yoke. I think a lot of you have seen this. Here's a yoke. Um, it's coming in a minute um, somewhere. I, there it is. Okay. If you've never seen what a yoke is, this is what the scripture's talking about. And so you take these two oxen and you put this thing on them and it goes around their neck and then they hook up the cart or the plow or whatever they're plowing with it. But the thing about it is those two oxen are able to do more with that on them than if they were to do it individually. They can pull more weight together, just what the scripture was talking about. There's actually a study that they did with Clydesdales. One Clydesdale by himself he pulled about 4,500 pounds when he went out and just got to the sled singly. And then the other Clydesdale that they had pulled about 4,000 pounds. And so if you added those together with a yoke on them, you would think, okay, they now have the ability to pull about 8,500 pounds. But when they put it together with the yoke, they pulled just over 12,000 pounds. They were able to do more not even just in addition. Why? Because they were yoked together. And it was what I was talking about earlier when I was saying it's important for us to watch how we're yoked together because it's good that we can pick each other up. It's good that we can help each other and encourage each other, but that can also be a negative. You can get bound to something that's steering you in the wrong direction. And so these oxen, they're hooked together because it, it keeps them centered. It, ke it keeps one from veering. It keeps the other one from, it keeps you on the path. And so it's saying, hey, don't get yoked together with somebody who's going to pull you and it's going to be this, you got to be equally yoked about the same cause. Somebody say, amen. So we can put that one away. And so think about it like this, in our life, so many times when we talk about how we make decisions on how we're yoked, I call them barstool friends. Where something happens in our life and we have this thing and you should be going to somebody who's going to speak life to you. You should be going to somebody that's going to hold you accountable, a, a bird of a feather that's going to encourage you into the things of God. What we do is we find people just like you would belly up to the bar and find that guy next to you that, agree, that just agrees with you at the bar. Good old time. That is terrible, man. I can't believe that. Give him a shot. Everybody, let's get this guy a shot. You guys, oh my gosh. <laughs> I have the most holy church in the whole world. I'm going to like put that on the website, like Pastor Joshua, that has the most holy that's going on the, because apparently you've never, there's these things called bars and people drink a lot there and they just want to have a good time with each other. So then they just, anyway, you, you know what I'm saying, quit being such a, so that you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah, just someone who will come along just agree with you about anything. Yeah, yeah, that is terrible. You should. Instead of going to somebody who, again, will, will look at Scripture in your life and hold you accountable and maybe look at the other side of the coin and, and encourage you in grace. I said this a few weeks ago on Facebook when we were looking at this series again. Just because somebody agrees with you on Facebook doesn't make it a truth or your social media or whatever. Anybody can find somebody to agree with you on something stupid. So, so many of us are like, yeah, see, I got a few people to click like and agree with me. That's the truth. And you never crack the Bible to see what God says about it. You just got a couple of dinks, dodo birds to agree with you. So just because you get people to agree with you or say, oh yeah, 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 doesn't make it a truth in your life. You got to pick people that you're yoked up with that, that are carrying the same burden, the same kingdom principles, the same thing, they're about the same thing that speak into your life and hold you to a healthy accountability, amen? I thought about it like this, you know, the scripture says, uh, you know, be careful, you know, what, you don't have anything in common with sinners, and, and uh, I, you hear me preach this all the time, 
Jesus came and said, hey, I'm not about the healthy. I'm here to help those that have real needs. So I am not at all getting up here preaching that we need to avoid the sinners and stay away from the... No, that's where we need to be. But we can't let that be at our core. We can't make every decision at their standard. Or, or You understand what I'm saying? I thought about it like this. I used to teach it in youth group like this. If I had an apple up here, uh, you have the skin on the outside. That's like an acquaintance relationship. Like, oh, yep, that's just the outside. That's the skin. You kind of see each other or whatever. And then you can get to know people a little bit more. And uh, you peel back the skin and you have essentially the apple or the part that you eat. You know, there's that. And so that's another layer of the relationship. But on the inside is what? The core. And what, ho- what lives on the inside? The future of the apple is on the inside. The seeds are in there. The future, all the potential, all of the... You can't let people who don't have the same values as you be in the core. That's what this scripture is saying. You can't let it be on the inside. You can't let the influence of, of those that don't share the same values as you be on the inside. Amen? Amen. And so healthy people, they know how to encourage the right core in your life. Oh, that's, you know, you're getting off track. Stay to it. Stay to it. The Bible is full of great people who were yoked up together properly. You think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The scripture says that they uh, were taking a stand for God and they said, hey, you're going to be thrown into this fiery furnace and burned. And then they didn't look at each other and go like, hey man, let's get out of this. No, they, they were so about the core. They knew with each other, they were so yoked up in what God had in their life. Say, hey, if we got to go in there, God will deliver us. And of course he did. I think about Noah. His family was so about the core things of God, and they were so yoked up together that think those kids came home from school, if you will. Let me just play with it a little bit. For, for years and years and years, and I'm talking like years and years, uh, those guys would come back. And when nobody else was building the boat, there was that family building the boat for rain they'd never seen. Why? They, their core, they were centered, they were yoked up together, and God provided in their life. Amen? I'll close with this. Sam, if you want to come play. The Canadian geese, this is such a great story. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit of reading, but, but just consider this, especially in, in this idea of birds of a feather. Canadian geese, of course, fly in a V formation, and uh, they don't fly in a V formation because Canadians are artistic or anything smart. It's Canadian hatred there. Okay, good. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> One honest person. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm just messing. So they fly in this V formation. And each, bird's, each bird flaps its wing, and it creates an uplift among the group that's flying in a V. And in that formation, they've found that the flock can fly 71% further than if a bird were to fly individually. So right away in your life, just when you get in the right group and you fly together, 71% of your life energy could be saved by just being in the right group. Consider that. Then it says this, when a goose flies out of formation, it suddenly feels the drag and resistance of trying to go alone. It quickly gets back into formation to take advantage of the lifting power of the bird in front of it. Somebody say amen. Who's ever flown out of formation and felt the drag immediately? Amen. When the lead goose gets tired, it rotates to the back of the formation and another goose flies to point position. So it gets tired, it drops to the back, and it lets somebody else continue to lead. It has cover so that it can gather rest. It has the draft of the other birds, and it gains rest by staying in a flock together. 
by saying, hey, I'm, I'm feeling a little beat up here. You mind if I drop back a little bit and just kind of lean on you guys? Like the scripture said too, or better, when you need, and I'm just ad-libbing, but when you need rest, drop back a little and we'll be there for each other. It's better that way. Amen? Problem is too many people drop out. Oh, I've had this thing happen in my life and I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed and I can't get through it. So I'm going to drop out. And then, like we said, all that resistance and all that struggle. So they drop out and then they find rest. The geese flying in formation, and you've all heard this if they've ever gone over your house. The geese flying in formation from behind, they honk or they make their noise to encourage those at the front to keep their speed. Even the geese know how to encourage one another. Hey, we're in this together. Keep going. I'm right here. I'm right with you. Why do Christians work so hard at beating each other up and tearing each other down? Somebody say amen. Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any corrupt talk come out of your mouth. Right? That's good right there. But speak what is good and necessary for the encouragement that it may impart grace to those that hear it. But speak what is good and necessary for encouragement that it may impart grace to those that hear, that hear it. Too often we hear, oh, you're not going to try that. Don't even try that. It's not worth it. Or maybe you're a new Christian and you start walking with God and people are saying, oh, you're going to start getting into that stuff? Don't listen to that stuff. Listen to people encouraging you about the things of God and speaking life into you. I thought about it like this. The shark only can grow to its atmosphere. The shark can only grow to its atmosphere. So if we're flocking together in small atmospheres, small-minded atmospheres, well, you know, I, I trust God, but I like to keep it in this little perfect formation, in this little box, and I don't want to grow any bigger than that because, I don't know, it seems kind of weird. Or we can trust God that there's more and there's greater and he can deliver and he can, amen? And we can grow and we can flock together in a big way of things. Don't yoke together with a small environment. So many people, you know this, we get in situations where we flock together with people and they try to bring you down to where they're at, right? You get around this group. Oh, come on, do this. Oh, come on. Oh, why are you doing so much of that? And they're always encouraging you down to a lower level. You got to guard. Amen? People say, oh, you're being too hard on them. It's that whole saying, yeah. <laughs> I want my kid shoot for the moon. That's that whole shoot for the moon. If they don't make it, at least they fall among the stars, like that whole thing, right? You're too hard on them. You're too hard. Sorry. These days, I believe the best, and I believe that God can meet them there. Amen? So the thing about the oxen that they say is at the end, after being yoked together for so long, didn't matter what kind of step they had or what kind of pattern they had going into it, after being yoked together, their eating pattern was the same, the stepping pattern, their speed, their personality. So that's a good and a bad thing. If we get yoked together with kingdom people and we're encouraging one another and we're like those geese and we're honking at each other in a positive manner, that's a good thing that our step isn't, but it can also be a negative thing. You can't just have a season where I say, oh, you know, I'm going to party a little bit. I'm going to do a little bit of this and I'm just going to live a little and I'm going to yoke up with this over here. Because why? You're going to start to step like them and walk like them and be on their pattern and be in there. Amen? It's going to be a yoke. It's going to be a stronghold in your life. So guard your righteousness and your holiness. Not that you're better than anybody, but it's that we're striving for what God has called us into. Amen? Why don't you stand to your feet?
couple ways I want to pray us out of here. If we could all bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're in here today and you say, man, Pastor Josh, I hear what you're saying. I've never made a decision for the things of God. Uh, I would like to. I would like to start to strive for what God has in my life, but I've never considered it, considered it. Or maybe you did, maybe when you were younger or a while ago and you just got off path. But today you want to make a decision for Christ. Either you come back to the ways of God or today you're making a whole new start. The cool thing about that is God's made that part easy for us. Very extreme on his son, Jesus giving up his life. But for us, it's about your heart. It's about you really making a decision today to be a Christ follower and trust God in the ways that he has for you. And so the scripture says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and that he's your Lord and Savior, then he's your Lord and Savior. You're on your way to heaven. You have salvation. And so I want to give you that opportunity to pray that prayer. I'm not going to have you leave your seat or come forward or do anything to embarrass you. But as a group, we're all going to repeat a prayer after me. But before we do that, if you're in here and you say, yeah, I want to make a recommitment or I want to make a commitment for Christ, on the count of three, I'll have you raise your hand and then I can pray all of that as a group. We'll pray together. But I just want you to acknowledge that to God and, and in your heart. And so on three, if that's you, you say, yeah, I'm going to make that commitment. Get me in on that. If that's you on three, nobody looking around. One, two, three. Put your hand up if you're in here. Cool. All right. For the rest of us, while I know this is a simple, I know this is a simple uh, series or a simple sermon, if you will, this, yeah, I know I need to have right relationships and stuff. But like I said, if we peel back our calendar and look at the people that we let speak into our life, we can't have barstool relationships. We can't have people just encouraging whatever you want to hear. And so I want to pray us out of here of like, God, help us live and not only be a person who can speak life and, and encourage one another like we just read. We want to be it, but we also want to receive that in our lives. Amen. So let's pray this. I'll just pray over all of us. God, we love you so much. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, at the start of this series, we know that you desire relationships. They're from you, they're of you. So God, we wanna value our relationships. We wanna add life and health to those that we're connected to. But God, we also wanna receive life and correction and, and all the things that would help build us up and strengthen our core. So God, put us in community and connection and relationship with those that will speak life Lord, we want to do it all for your name's sake and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.